So, true story before we get started, because everybody wants an update on Mrs. Kitty. Mrs. Kitty is about 17 years old. Uh, I kind of give her an age update around the first of the year somewhere, because I don't really keep track of birthdays. Uh, <clears throat> I'm kind of awful at it, to tell you the truth. And so, she's around 17. She could be 16. I'm pretty sure she's older than 15, given that the best memory that I have, because I was in a pretty depressive episode at the time, but she was a full-grown adult cat who had been with me for a while during Barack Obama's inauguration. She wasn't like a, she wasn't just like a new cat kitten. And I recall, like, I feel like we knew each other during the 2006 midterms and we're like hey how's it going so she's you know 15 16 17 somewhere in there is 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 how old she is um absolutely uh adore her cannot stand her and if anybody wants her just let me know you can have her now you just have to promise that you're going to be good to her you can have her uh she's all yours she loves to cuddle. In fact, she wants to cuddle hours a day. She will sometimes yell at me if I'm not in bed because that's her favorite place to cuddle. And I literally cannot get into bed without her immediately scratching her post, jumping into bed, and curling up with me. So there's the Mrs. Kitty update. I fed her too much over uh, December, over the holidays, and she started to get used to it. So I had to start feeding her uh, bullshit just to bulk so she wouldn't be so hungry because uh, I, got, I got a little slack for the holidays. And so uh, I looked up just like what was good for cats, what you could feed them that was bulk after getting advice from a lady of the night. And... Um, what I found that she actually really likes, that we both really like, are peas. And so now I'll open a can of peas, and I'll dump out a little bit of peas on her plate, and she'll bulk up on the peas, uh, and that's largely helped her uh, get off her desire to eat those extra calories. So <clears throat> she fucking wolfs them up, too. Like, they're a real treat. When she hears the can opener, she comes running because she never gets wet food. So I open up the peas, and I eat the peas, and I love it. And the only fucking problem with it is, I like peas with my food. So I'll make chicken and potato and put some peas out there, and now I have to fucking, like, seal off my plate while I'm getting everything ready and pouring my drink and, you know, all that shit, because otherwise I'll come in and the cat will be fucking just going to town. Going to town, because it's a pile of cat treats left unguarded on my plate. It's bullshit. She also has learned that she likes basically most of my butter sauce. Like, most of my butter sauces she's into. So I don't know if she can, like, smell it or she can hear butter clarifying in the saucepan or whatever. But she now tries to lick every plate that I put a butter sauce on. So, son of a bitch. That's the cat update. Uh, I throw her back in my room when I record or when I'm doing a show like this when I don't want her to interrupt. Uh, and it's very, very cold right now. And so I've got two heaters and one's for the main house. But one of them, because I don't have central heating, is... Um, 
just for the room back there. And so I keep it always on. I keep a kind of cold house. It's like I grew up in an igloo, uh, by which I mean, it's like I grew up with parents who yelled at you when when you said it was cold and then blew smoke in your face, <laughs> talking about how they couldn't afford any money. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> we can't afford that. What are you talking about? Heat in the house? Come on, where will we get that kind of money from? And so uh, I keep it kind of I keep it kind of cool, uh, just out just out of uh, comfort. But I do always at least keep the back room set at sixty. Now don't think I'm a monster, because it has its own radiator back there. And so this is its own thermostat and its own radiator. And when I set at sixty, it's usually around like sixty three to sixty five. But it's a radiator. It's not central heat. It's a gas fucking furnace radiator. And so I will constantly, even though I keep it set at 60, constantly find the cat right about four to five feet away from it, curled up, just having the time of her life with her back to it, just really, really rolled in tight. Like it's, it's, cause it's a fire. It's actually a fire. So she's, uh, she's, you know, she's got basically a contained fire, uh, at her ass. Uh, she's got, you know, she's got, all kinds of little kitty spots. Uh, she's getting older. <clears throat> You've heard the squeaking. She squeaks a bit now. Uh, and so I recently just uh, went to Hobby Lobby and I spent $40 getting a bunch of shitty uh, mats and getting uh, a bunch of shitty like pieces of wood. And I made just a bunch of booster stool scratch posts so she can get up and down from all her favorite places without having to uh, jump up and down uh, too much if she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to move her hips. She mostly ignores them, but she does use them sometimes, I've noticed. Uh, uh, not if I'm looking, though, because that would be too much. So I've got all that going on. That's Mrs. Kitty. That's a Mrs. Kitty update. She's doing pretty well on her diet. She's doing okay. It's cold, and I keep kind of a cold house, so she's either sleeping on the on the blanket next to me, especially if I'm playing cards or a game that makes the computer uh, whirl. Because uh, then she likes that little extra radiant heat. Uh, but besides that, she's probably in bed. Or, or sometimes she has a specific window that she watches very vigilantly. Yeah. that's uh, Since all of you asked a million times about the cat, there's the cat. Um, how am I doing? Well, you got a little update from me not too long ago. Uh, in truth, y- I- I'm doing pretty well. I... I feel pretty good most days, and most days I'm doing something either new or for me, or or, or I'm just managing the basics, and that feels pretty great to do, quite frankly, you know? It feels really good to just be cooking and cleaning and, and, uh, you know, taking a shower and all the rest. It really does. Um, To be able to do that without too much struggle, even on the bad days or even on the hard days or even on the days when the news really makes me... Uh, just, just kind of want to sink on down. Uh, it feels really good to do that. <clears throat> so, speaking of the news, um, I'll admit it took me an extra kind of week to to come back from this, just to kind of shake myself out of my shame spiral. Because I gotta say, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna be talking about politics. I don't think as much this year because nobody else is, right? With Trump gone, uh, I think 
that means that for the first time with with the live shows mostly coming out and that sort of thing uh that that you know we'll probably be able to ease up i'll have to do i'll have to do um i'll have to do talks about the pandemic and shit eventually it's kind of going to be on people's minds but largely i think i'll be able to ease off that but uh r- real quick here I found out something really interesting about myself on July, or, sorry, January 6th. I, I did, as an American. I found out something incredibly interesting about myself that I never, ever thought would be true, and that is, there are some things that everybody else thinks are the end of the world that I don't. Aha! Aha! See, the PTSD makes me think things are the end of the world when they're not, but it turns out it might also have a reverse effect. Because I was watching the the whole thing. I didn't actually watch it happen. I watched like 90 minutes later, two hours later, I was get, I got done with I was high as shit, to be perfectly honest with you. I was high as shit. I was watching a rerun of MST3K, and I was playing cards and having a great time. And then I look over and I see I've got like 27 DMs, and I'm like, huh, what are the odds they all want to suck my dick at once? And when I determined that that was less than 5%, I took a big, big hit of my vape pen, and I decided to see what was happening. So, as it turns out, they did not. In fact, a lot of people simply had a lot of concern or questions for me, my mental health. It was very sweet. And so I I found out via MassDM that something had happened at the Capitol. Details were a little sparse from me flicking through, going, no, uh -uh. uh-uh, come on, what? And so I go to my news sites, and I start pulling things up, and I I look around, and I see that, in fact, the exaggerations were probably not there. Words like siege, and riot, and possible hostage situation, you know, words that I thought were like, well, that doesn't sound right, but let's find out, you know, like, I was keeping an open mind. And so I, I go and look, and there's footage, and, and there's just immediate recaps, and no one knows if something else is going to happen. It's that moment of the panic, and I've just joined mid-panic. I'm the cow that got away from the slaughterhouse, but then, like, somehow got back in line. Like, what's everybody worried about now? It's great. I was just in the trees, you know? What are you talking about? There's this Duncan Trussell line about some guy who's staring at a stream right now who has no connection to his phone, who has no idea who, how scared he's supposed to be. I was him! That guy was me! Except instead of a stream, it was a bunch of fucking cards! It was a bunch of cards and jokes about a fucking Japanese space pirate! I was having a great time while the rest of you were out of your minds terrified. And so I come back and everybody's losing their minds, and I... I have to adjust to that, and then I'm like, okay, well, this is kind of scary, right? And then I have to kind of, like, keep asking myself, like, okay, this is this was a big deal, wasn't it? Because it wasn't for me. And so I just had to kind of sit back and, and relax and, and take it in, but I'm watching all these news sources and all these people I care about. I'm watching my whole country, quite frankly, it feels like, lose its fucking mind. 
not since the first time since 9-11, quite frankly. I'm, I'm sitting back watching the whole country be like, oh, what's going to happen now? What's next? And I'm like making like little jokes on Twitter. Guys, it was Twitter and a mob showed up and they were fascists. It's a flash mob. Do you get it? Flash mob. Like a flash mob, but they're fascists and they showed up on Twitter. Flash mob. Do you get it? Aha. Like I actually made that joke on the six. You can check. I... <laughs> <laughs> I start with the memes immediately. I've realized real quickly that nobody else wants them. <laughs> oh, oh, do we not do we not meme about this? Real really? This we don't meme about? And then you'll start like the next day or the day after. But like I I had to come and I had to watch it. And the realization I came to was like, oh, 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 okay. So here's, here's to somebody who's a weirdo and has PTSD and talks to their cat too much. Here's what I finally realized about the rest of you. Okay, the rest of you are playing some weird game of fucking chess where if a bunch of yahoos, like, run into a building and, like, got somebody or killed somebody... It's game over, man! And then, like, everybody now has to have a different flag, and it's all hillbilly... Like, what the fuck? Like, I thought the entire point of The Dark Knight Rises, the entire point of that screenplay being so bad, is that we all collectively decided, well, there's no way just because you have a hostage situation at a fucking market that the market's gonna honor all those goddamn trades... There's no way that, just because in the movie The Dark Knight Rises, 2012, just because there's a hostage situation where they take over the whole financial market, doesn't mean all that's going to go through at the end. They're going to reverse those charges. <laughs> well, I, I guess the, I, the room is not liking this routine at all, but I'm going to double down on it. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Besides, I honestly, I, I think every single person who stormed the White House is a dumbass yahoo. I really do. The stories that have come out about them, like booking a private plane and then like telling people your realty site while you're there... I honestly don't think any, I, 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 just so we're clear about this, I honestly think all of them are, are crazy nutbag, nutsos, all right? But that's what I think they are, is crazy nutbag nutsos. Many of them probably think the earth is flat. Many of them probably think they're doing something in some deity's name. We, we won't say what deities, so as to offend a lot of people. You know his initials, though. You know them. And they often start with a bracelet saying WW in front of them. You know which initials I'm talking about. <laughs> right? A lot of these people, quite frankly, I mean, I know it's fun to make fun of the shaman, quote unquote, but this guy had the mental health issues that he went to prison and then was like, and where's the organic menu? 
And on one hand, that's fucking hilarious because of white privilege and everything we were talking about in 2020. But on the other hand, that's like, ooh, that's not somebody who has 52 cards. You're telling me that this guy was going to overthrow your government? Well, if you're really threatened about that, what does that say about your government? I'm not saying that something couldn't have gone bad, but I, I just, you know, 550,000 dead Americans is like what the excessive death is since the beginning of COVID. Somewhere around there, it's 400, like, you know, it's like 412 for just COVID deaths. But like when you get to excessive, it's like 525, 550, somewhere in there, right? And so I don't, this is going to be a great comedy show, by the way. I just, I don't know what to say besides I didn't have the reaction that I guess I was supposed to. And for the next, the last two weeks, I've been just kind of a man alone in the world, in my country. I've really felt like where all these people had very strong opinions about whether or not it's okay to attack the capital or not. And I did not. I'm pretty ambivalent. Because here's the thing. I'm not for those assholes attacking the capital or what they plan to do. But at the same time, I'm looking around at people who call themselves liberal and left of center going, gosh, I'm really excited that there's 18,000 National Guardsmen around an inauguration that nobody can attend or protest. That's wonderful. I feel really great about that. I'm like, no, no, that doesn't do anything for me either. Ooh, that also feels bad. <laughs> I also don't like that. So here's the thing. I am for the ability for people to storm state houses. It's when they have weapons and shit that is bad. But this whole idea of, oh, our politicians probably should not be afraid of us. Or, eh, sorry. No, I go a different direction. I'm a little to the left of you guys on that one. Uh, I kind of like, I was kind of like, I was like, oh shit, like Portland? They stormed the Capitol? Aww, the wrong people did it. That's kind of like, you know, the first 30 seconds, to be perfectly honest with you. Because let me just tell you something. I once stormed a state house. This is true. You did not know this about Daddy. But a long time ago... When he was an activist, Daddy stormed a state house. Now, here's the thing. You probably wouldn't have called Daddy a terrorist, what have you, because Daddy <laughs> was handcuffed to a person in a wheelchair. Because Daddy stormed, <laughs> quote-unquote stormed, a state house with a bunch of handicapped people. We, we were, it was differently abled was the label at the time, but I guess it's handicapped again now. And so, a, 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 here's what you might not know about somebody in a wheelchair or somebody on, like, permanent crutches, a paraplegic, a quadriplegic. You may not know this about them. This is a, this is a true, you have to get up close and personal. You have to ask them some questions. Uh, they are not great stormtroopers. Just going to let that one land. <laughs> they're not, they're not, they're not who you... Go to, it was what I'm saying, uh, not, plan A of a disabled community is not generally involving a lot of scaling of walls or, or busting down of doors 
or it does i mean it does that's there are plans involved but it's generally not plan a when you ask somebody i don't know if you know this somebody in a wheelchair for directions there's a lot of straight lines and direct routes there's a lot of references to mass transportation i don't know if you've ever tried it and so when it come to actually sieging a state house they wanted some people who could get in there kind of quick so that we could kind of secure the floor, so that we could get the people in the chairs in for the photo op. Ah, and so it kind of became a whole little teamwork thing. And so the whole plan, when we do it with something like that, is of course somebody's got to kind of like, the police don't want to... The police don't want to fuck with somebody in a wheelchair. They really don't. However much I dislike cops, they really don't know cop. I've never seen a cop like, yeah, now's the time. They really don't. They don't want to fuck with nobody in no wheelchairs. However, when they have a choice between fucking with somebody in a wheelchair on camera, in front of their bosses, and there are news crews, and fucking with them in a hallway before they get there, you know, they're going to choose the hallway fuck with. They just are. That's just how it goes. I don't, the mind of a police officer who could, who could say, but like, if they're got to do the calculus of, oh, I got to attack, I got to fucking arrest somebody and push somebody. I got to arrest somebody in a fucking wheelchair today. And maybe like, getting somebody's faces in a wheelchair today. I may have to pull somebody out of a fucking giant fucking wheelchair today. If I have to do that, is it better to do that in this hallway? Or in the rotundra? Which, 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 which am I going to pick? And the answer that the cops pick is at the door and at the hallway. Not in front of their bosses. Not in front of the cameras. And so uh, abled people with slightly more mass and mobility uh, in a lot of cases, you know, got in front of the cops and that kind of thing. Because there's always only like three fucking cops at these fucking things. So that we could get the wheelchair people in. So that we could handcuff our... So that we could form a human chain. Because there were still no human uh, centipede jokes at that point. So there were still human chains. Now everybody thinks it's gay, unfortunately, to do human chains. Because if that movie really set the progressive rights back a lot. But at the same time, you haven't seen a lot of them at abortion clinics since there's hardly any left anymore. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, I have some experience watching political roustabouts from both sides. I was once at a political convention where I saw from the inside the cops got call on protesters who were not differently abled and they got the shit beat out of them. And I was standing inside and again this was a political convention and I know you know what team I never played for in my life so just imagine the political operatives on quote unquote my side talking about how much fun it was to watch the kids get fucking beat. So I've actually seen this this party up close and personal a couple of different times. I really have. Really, real and for true. I really have. And therefore, watching like Nancy Pelosi, you know, talk about like, they defiled our house. I'm like, yes, that's good. Oh, you're saying it like it's a bad thing. Like, I don't, I have a very different opinion than the rest. And it's 
got to say it's working for me. I promise this was all to say that I'm not going to be nearly as political this year. This I know it sounds pretty crazy from where I'm starting. But here's the springboard. Here's where it's led. The last two weeks because of this, I, 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 don't, I don't know if I'm going to come down from this. But the last two weeks from watching the reaction on the 6th and 7th until where I'm at right now and feeling a man apart and feeling a country apart and feeling alone, just just alone, not isolated, not lonely, but alone in my thinking and in how I feel about things and just offbeat. It has been incredibly freeing. It has been wonderful. Watching other people anxious and concerned and, and throw themselves into crumpled balls saying, what's going to happen? Are there going to be a hundred more attacks or a thousand? Are they going to keep going? Is something going to happen to the president? For weeks, for two weeks, I watched people, which is what I do. This is me. But watching collectively everybody else do it with no care in the world has been fucking fascinating and freeing. And it has led me to, to leading the last couple of weeks of my life, the last two weeks of my life, uh, in, in a way without anxiety or apprehension that I've never done before. I have been going to the gym. Waiting, I have a little hole in the wall gym that's open 24 hours a day. I've been waiting and driving by at odd hours. If there's nobody in, I go in. I have no fear whatsoever. Uh, I've been going to multiple markets. I, I double mask up. I'll talk about that in a second. I double mask up and I go to the markets and I, I browse and I shop and I have no uh, fear, concern. I still avoid crowds. I'm mostly going to a little boutique and uh, little little out of the way markets, and there's just nobody in them. And you know the grocers are always so uh, helpful, or, or, or sorry, so grateful, uh, and, and they want to be so very helpful and answer all my questions and everything because you know uh, all the big chains are still doing okay, but they're not. Uh, so it's just been a really it's been a really great experience. I've been going out. I I've hiked two different uh, trailheads that I've never hiked before this last week. I just got the impulse, drove out and did it. Nothing big, just a little hour, less than an hour hike both times. Uh, I've been cooking. I've just been repeatedly just trying new things, new ingredients, new dishes, no fear. Uh, I just bought $50 worth of cookware, which is very, very anti-me. Uh, by the way, I, somebody, somebody talk about, somebody put down $200 and then remind me at the end of this so I can talk about what a piece of shit I've become. After I stopped bragging about myself. Uh, you know, I bought $50 of cookware just because it's like, oh, I'm going to be using this. You know, I had, to, I had to torture myself. I think it was 2018. I had to torture myself to buy a medium-grade wok. Because I was like, you should just buy a cheap wok. You don't know if you're going to be stir-frying. And then I used that motherfucker. I clocked it over a hundred goddamn times in the next year. I mean, I really used the shit out of that fucking wok. Like, I used the wok... And so I know with the roasting pans that I've done, I just bought a, a rack for, uh, for hot wings just a couple of months back even, and I've already used that motherfucker like a dozen times. I use it for every single duck I make, 
And then I've also used it for hot wings. And so like, I'm really, this isn't just like fanciful, I'm buying stuff to, to pass the boredom. I'm really cooking and I'm enjoying it. Uh, the big ziti that I'm going to be making tomorrow. I'm so excited to make making some, something like big ziti for just myself instead of, you know, just fucking pasta. I'm dating myself, you know? Big ziti is a kind of, I don't, I'm sure a lot of you gals are fancier than that. Big ziti is the kind of thing that I would make to try and fuck one of you, you know? It really is. Because it's, it's like, if, if I'm just going for tasty, I could just do homemade macaroni and cheese. Ooh, there's two cheeses in this. Ooh, nom, 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 nom. Yay. But like Big Ziti, you know, you gotta, there's steps involved and what have you. It's a real date, you know, meal. And I'm having it to, to celebrate my company and, and all that sort of thing. Uh, it, it really does feel wonderful. And, I, again, I, I'm not going to pretend that this is going to last forever. Uh, but looking around, seeing people be just terrified, drained, seeing them be feel uncertainty and watching the anxiety, the doubt rule them, knowing that that's been my life to a degree because of my mental health. Uh, it just it just made me all the more resolved to just not give in to those impulses, to just not, to just not further and feed them in every way that I can. I know that I have no control over this year, whether it goes great or horrible, for for me, for other people, for my neighborhood. I have no control over it whatsoever. At this point, I'm starting to come to the belief that like. We're pretty quickly getting beyond the point where world leaders will have a control over things or not. That's just a personal opinion. But, like, really, we're getting at the point it's like, ooh, world leaders are not going to have all the options on the table if we keep going, so why should I fucking worry? And, and thinking like that can be apprehensive, but I gotta say, once again, I am really quite enjoying it. I want to further this. Ooh, real quick, just about, like, how much I'm enjoying this. I fucked up bread bowls just a little bit. I don't know how, but the texture inside just wasn't quite done or springy or what have you. But it was still decent bread. And I just, like, ooh, you know, it's not bad, but I know how to make it better for next time. Or I know what I want to try for next time, right? And so I just cut it in half, broiled it a little bit, made the soup anyway that I was going to pour inside the bowl, and just dipped it in, Right? And, like, that's that's kind of the philosophy that I want to have going forward. When it comes to depression, when it comes to mental illness, when it comes to periods that are going to be hard, and I do think that this is going to be a hard year, there is an overwhelming, multidiscipline group of support that says, uh, endear yourself to a community. Make a community or make your involvement in a community your project. That's what's going to be good for your mental health. That's what's going to be good for your depression. That's what's going to be good for your anxiety. And if it's all right with you, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Because I'm not going to want to get out of bed every day in 2021. I can promise you. I can promise you. It just, I can feel it. There's going to be another shoe dropping, but baby, the monster's an octopus. 
And so I'm not going to want to get out of bed every day. But I am going to want to do something good for my mental health every day. And so if it's okay with you, you're going to be that thing. The community, the ladies of the night, what I can make, what I can offer, when I've got the strength, when I can put it in, that's what I'm going to do it for. Just what, if it's all right for you, one year, I'm, that's what I'm going to live for. It's going, to be my, it's going to be my reason for being. And I'm going to try and take it as seriously as I can. And so that was just me right before now talking about politics, high as a kite, by the way. And I know that it's very sensitive stuff, and I have very strong opinions about it, but I don't think I got too hot or too scary or anything like that. I think I can keep it at that level. I know you're not going to agree with me, and I'm not trying to make you. Oh, am I not trying to convince you? I'm just not trying to scare you off. <laughs> I'm just not trying to shut you down. I'm just trying to entertain you when I perhaps give you a different perspective about how great it would be if everybody got in a Nerf costume and then got into the House of Representatives after they don't give us a stimulus bill and we all just got to Nerf box them right in the goddamn face. Fuck the zip tie guy. Nerf boxing gloves like the Hulk gloves. Every part. You're telling me, you're telling me in your heart and soul that when you read the headline that Rand Paul got tackled by his neighbor to the point that his ribs broke, that a part of you didn't understand? You're telling me when you read that story that you went, Ah, how terrible. (laughs) Oh, you guys didn't hear that story. All right. Because I got to say, if ever I hear a story where a politician gets slammed by a neighbor, you're gonna have to give me some real damning information about that neighbor. Because I'm, re- I'm already on, uh, you have no idea how much on their side I am. I just, I want to, I already want to body slam normal neighbors. Do you, do you, do you, there's one person in the neighborhood who gets home and puts on blasting music. I already want to tackle that asshole. You're telling me that the fucking person who lets the dog shit on my yard, I also have to read about them blocking, like, contraceptions for women? Or aid for Ghana or some shit? (laughs) No, no, no. No, somebody's going to have to get hurt real bad. So I totally get it. It's all I'm... All right. All right. God damn it. I went off on the wrong direction. Damn it. See? Supposed to... All right. All right. (laughs) See? No. No. Real quick. On positivity before I forget. Positivity is not being positive. Positive is not being upbeat or optimistic. Positive is about looking at situations and doing the best you can with it. It's a long game, and every day you don't have to give 100%. I know you want to, and I know that that's what like a lot of motivational speakers say, but really, it's a long game, and you pace yourself. And positivity is, what can I do with what I have right now? Can't do anything about what you've already done. Can't do anything about what's to come, but you can do what about what now, right? 
Okay, so that's about positivity, and that's the kind of positivity that I'm going to try and bring to you, and I hope you can bring going forward. $200. Here's what a bougie shit of fucking shit I've become after talking about wanting to storm state houses and capitals and making politicians afraid of me, knowing that those days are way behind me and I'll never be anything like that again. Here's how I know. Here's how I know for certain I found out it was either today or yesterday. I was looking at cookingware. And I accidentally came across a set of cookingware for $200. And I looked at it, and it was like an okay set of cookingware. And I was just looking at it. Like, I didn't dismiss it out of hand. I was just like, eh, right, yeah, it's okay. It's not bad. I have some Cuisinart. This is Cuisinart. It's the wrong way. And so I didn't even, like, think anything of it, right? I just looked at the, the set of eight Cuisinart cookware. Just kind of looked at it. $200. Priced it. Clocked it. And went on my day because I was looking at cookware. I then came across, it was a Cuisinart, I want to say eight piece. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't that many because it's Cuisinart. <clears throat> so I came across something that said like 22 piece cookware set and I didn't mean to click on it, but I did and I didn't see the price. And so I clicked on it and then I gasped out loud and hit the back button as quick as I could because it was $88 for 22 pieces. Oh, no! Oh, so cheap! Oh, get away! Ah! I didn't even, didn't even consider it. I didn't even consider it. I didn't even for a second fucking cons- I saw that it came with a ladle and a spatula as part of the 22 pieces for the $88 of it. Ah, oh, no! Yeah, this, ah, this is gonna be so bad! Oh, no, 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 no. That's how I see. That's that's the bouginess. When you're like, eh, two hundred dollars for eight pieces isn't so bad, you know. It's thirty dollars a piece, and you don't think about that. But then you see the cheap set that you would have like gotten not so long ago in your life, and you're like, ah, no, ah, ah, huh? Yeah, I have changed, haven't I? Ah, fuck. Ah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the reminder, whoever got me on the 200. All right. Uh, I think that's about takes us up. Oh, just real quick, because I mentioned him, the Trump shaman, quote unquote, the guy who's in the Buffalo hat and all that. Apparently, it took him less than a week to say that Trump abandoned him <laughs> from his arrest. He's already said that tonight. So apparently, I'm just going to throw this out there. Maybe mass arrests are the answer. People are like, how do we cure the Trump cold? How do we stop it? Well, Tiger King's already turned on him. The shaman's already turned on him. The real estate lawyer's already turned on him. I, I'm starting to see a theme. It turns out that maybe like 30 days of correctional facility might cure your parents of their Fox News problem. It turns out 30 days behind bars might just do it. Did you know that these FEMA camps might actually be useful? It's a good thing we built them. Thank Christ we built all those facilities during Jade Helm. Yeah? Because now we finally get to goddamn use them. We'll just take your parents. We'll drop them off. Pick them up 30 days later. It'll be like summer camp. You'll hug them. You'll be like, oh, mom, dad. Like, oh, we're, so, we're sorry. We, we, we read magazines again. We read magazines again. And we're sorry. 
No, probably not going to happen. Okay, I have a note here that says, don't be too political. I don't think I followed that one very good at all. It's on the list of things I'm supposed to do. <laughs> be charming. Great. Keep the voice rolling forward. Always on point. Don't be too political. I don't think I can give myself a full credit for that one. That may have to go down as a partial credit. <laughs> All I hear is the wind slapping against the gravestones of those who did not make it. Those who did not survive to see the confetti fall from the sky. Those who do not live to watch the parade roll down the street. I have grown accustomed to a lifetime of aphorisms meant to assuage my fears, pithy sayings meant to convey that everything ends up fine in the end. There is no solace in rearranging language to make a different word tell the same lie. Sometimes the moral arc of the universe does not bend in a direction that will comfort us. Sometimes it bends in a way we don't expect, and there are people who fall off in the process. Please, dear reader, do not say that I am hopeless. I believe there is a better future to fight for. I simply accept the possibility that I may not live to see it. I have grown weary of telling myself lies that I might one day begin to believe. We are not all left standing after the war has ended. Some of us have become ghosts by the time the dust has settled. <clears throat> when people say we have made it through worse before, Clint Smith. Okay, interesting. All right. <clears throat> like when, 17, I'd slide into your beetles of your head out of town, summer delight, and parked among the furrows of some field, you'd reach for the wool blanket. I knew you'd maneuver then into a cramped quarters between passenger seat and glove box, blanket over your head in my lap, where you'd sweat and sweat till I cried out. Or further back, first winter of our courtship, nearing curfew, when we watched Predator again from Brandon's lover's row, you'd slow to a halt at the last stop sign before my house. I knew we'd linger until the street lamp's acid glow, and you'd ask me if I had to go home. Yes, I'd say, I'd better, soon. But I knew you wouldn't hit the gas, not for the longest time, three minutes, five, and snow falling, and the silent streets carless, and I'd lift my top. You'd unzip my jeans and treat the expanse of my soft skin between shirt and hem and underwear like sex itself. Your warship mouth on my body lit from within and without. Or even further back, how I knew by the first electric, electric touch of our fingers in the dark theater like a secret handshake. I know you... I need you like an exchange of life force between two aliens from planets never before joined across the cold, airless terror of space. That it was on. That it was on and on and on. Forever.
<clears throat> we were in bed, and you take out your mouth guard, and I know it's on. Melissa Crow. <clears throat> when I can no longer say thank you for this new day and the waking into it, for the cold scrape of the kitchen chair and the ticking of the space heater glowing orange as it warms the floor near my feet, I know it's because I've been fooled again. Fooled by the selfish, unruly man who lives in me and believes he deserves only safety and comfort. But if I pause as I do now and watch the streetlights outside flashing off one by one like old men blinking their cloudy eyes, if I listen to my tired neighbors slamming car doors hard against the mornings and see the steaming coffee in their mugs kissing chapped lips as they sip and exhale each of their worries white, into the tiny icy air around their faces. Then I can remember, this is one life, a gift, each of us was handed and told to open. Untie the bow and tear off the paper, look inside and be grateful for whatever you find, even if it is only the scent of a tangerine that lingers on the fingers long after you've finished peeling it. Winter Morning, James Cruz <clears throat> Is this a sea shanty? I knew that it would fucking come for me. When I was one and twenty, I heard a wise man say, Give crowns and pounds and guineas, but not your heart away. Give pearls away and rubies but keep your fancy free. But I was one and twenty. No use to talk to me. When I was one and twenty, I heard him say again, Take out the heart of bosom that was never given in vain. Tis paid with sighs plenty, and sold for endless rue, and now I am twenty and two, and oh, tis true, tis true. When I was one and twenty, A. E. Houseman. Oh, I can't tell if he's being sarcastic or if he's telling that he actually learned a lesson within the one year. That's interesting. I can't quite tell the narrator there. Hmm. If you can taste oak in aging love, then no betrayal overcomes the taste of smoke on the lips and fire in the throat. You drink some drug that no blood test can trace. Love asks everything, but will take nothing for an answer. How you savored feta, olive oil, oregano, your wit rang a blue note in soul in America, and if you're gone, I'm not. The love goes on, it has its own life, eating through the heart, and the heart eats all the world, the sight, the sound. The scent you left that I might track you by. The road we staggered drunkenly to art. Open your hand. Let you fly. Let me fly. Bourbon with Petrarch is how I'm going to pronounce that. 
Wendy Batten, B-A-T-T-I-N, is how I'm going to pronounce that. Uh-oh. Okay. As they were leaving the garden, one of the angels bent down to them and whispered, I am to give you this, as you are leaving the garden. I do not know what it is, or what it is for, or what you will do with it. You will not be able to keep it, but you will not be able to keep anything. Yet they both reached at once for the present, when their hands met. They laughed. The present, W. S. Merwin. That's cute. I've not heard that one before. Wait, but if they both reach for it. <laughs> like, it's great that they both touch hands, but if they both reach for it. I don't think that they learned the lesson about getting kicked out of Eden that they were supposed... You know, that Adam and Eve, I don't, I don't think those kids are going to work out. Don't be too political. It's rule number three. We're going to have to move it up. Insomniac monkey mind ponders the dove, symbol of peace but sexual love, the couple nestled and brooding. After coupling, the human animal needs the woman safe for nine months and more, but the man, after his turbulent minute or two, is expendable. Usefully rash, reckless, for defense, in his void of redundancy, willing to death and destruction. Monkey Mind envies the male dove, who equally with the female secretes pigeon milk for the young from his throat. For peace, send all the human males between 14 and 25 to school, on the moon, or better yet, Mars. But women too are capable of unpeace. Yes, we are older men too. Venom throats. Here's a great comic who stands on our jury. We choose one of two tributaries. The river of peace or the river of productivity. The current of art, he says, runs not between banks with birdsong in the fragrant shadow. No, an artist must follow the stinks and rapids on the branch and the dives and the millstones and the dynamos. Is peace merely a vacuum, the negative of creation or the absence of war? The teaching of peace is positive energy. Still, something in me resists that sweet milk. My mind remembers my restless inferior cousin who fires his shit in handfuls from his cage. Well, that was something. Ah, uh, Super Meditation on Peace. Robert Pinsky. P-I-N-S-K-Y. There was a... There was a super of something, sir. <laughs> As a man, I'm just going to say, bold, bold, bold choice. If you're ever a man, you're writing a poem that's not a narrative, right? Because it's okay if you're writing a poem... And you have a woman and she speaks. But if you're not running a narrative and you say in the first person, I women or we women, 
And then you also describe women as venom-throated? That's a choice. <laughs> that's, that's a series of choices. We women, we are like platypi. Made of abstract and parts. Signed, Jack. <laughs> we women are wretched and evil. Sign the authors of the... God damn it! Rule number three. Okay. <clears throat> Enough of osseous and chickadee and sunflower and snowshoes, maple and seeds, samara and shoot. Enough... Uh-oh. Chashuro. Enough of thus and prophecy and the stoic farmer and faith and our father and tis of thee. Enough of bosom and bud and skin and God and not forgetting the star bodies and the frozen birds. Enough of the will to go on and not to go on and how a certain light does not a certain thing. Enough of the kneeling and the rising and the looking inward and the looking up. Enough of the gun, the drama, the acquiescence suicide, the long lost letter on the dresser. Enough of the longing and the ego and the obliteration of the ego. Enough of the mother and the child and the father and the child and enough of the pointing to the world weary and desperate. Enough of the brutal and the border, enough in that you can see in me, that you can hear in me, enough that I am human, enough that I am alone, that I am desperate, enough of the animal saving me, enough of the high water, enough sorrow, enough of the air and its ease, I'm asking you, touch me. The End of Poetry Ada Limon Ooh, I wish I had a second chance at that one. That one deserves a second pass. All right. <clears throat> Last poem for all you, for all you girls out there in plaid skirts and black horn-rimmed glasses. I know, I know, it's so depressing. But last poem, and then we got to put it away. <clears throat> I've been hearing that the world is ending. I've heard it so much these days that I can either completely ignore it or never leave my house again. That is, if I actually left my house for things that don't directly enable me to keep my house. See, I've been thinking about driving nowhere. I've been thinking about becoming a box locked inside of a room, inside of a dark house, the end of a dark street. I want to go away until I'm gone. It takes so much less energy to not exist than it does to exist and get burned. And I've been burned so much that I'm not me anymore. I'm a stupid puppet version of me. I've got strings that lead nowhere. Nothing is pulling on me. I wish somebody, someone would drag on my hand of hiding and sign my name on a dotted line. There are days that I can't find the sun. Even though it's right outside my window. When getting out of bed feels like the key in a doomsday machine, so those days, this is what I tell myself. Whatever you're feeling right now, there is a mathematical certainty that someone else is feeling this exact same thing. This is not to say you're not special. This is to say, thank God you're not special. I too have kissed no one. Good night.
I've launched myself from tall places and hoped no one would catch me. I have ended relationships because suddenly I also exposed isolation. It is not safety. It's death. If no one knows you're alive, you're not. If a tree falls in a forest and no one is around to hear it, it does make a sound. But then that sound is gone. I'm not saying you will find the meaning of life in other people. I'm saying other people are the life to which you provide meaning. See, we're wrong when we say, I think, therefore I am. The more we say it, the more it sounds like, I think, therefore I will be. You cannot think yourself into a fool table. You cannot think and make walls and a roof appear around you. I've thought and thought myself into corners made of words and nightmares, and what has it gotten me? More thoughts. A currency that only buys more currency. So please, if you want to continue existing, do something. Learn to make clouds using only your breath. Build a house even if every wall leans to the left. Love it anyway, just like a season, like a child. Love how you hate yourself sometimes because at least there's still something to hate. I know how easy it is to think and keep thinking until you're the last person left on earth, until the entire world becomes no larger than the space between your bed and the light switch. But I hear the world is ending soon when we go, and we're all going to go. I will be a part of it. This is not the end of the world. Neil Hilborn, H-I-L-B-O-R-N. Well, that was a, a, a perfect little... Uh, I almost wish I had saved that for the very end. That was almost a perfect little, I want to live for you guys in 2021. Just one year, because I don't want to live on you guys forever. That's a little bit parasitic. But for one year, it's only, it's only an infinitesimal amount of, what's wrong with a tiny parasite or pathogen? In the age of COVID, a man asks. Okay, guys, I promise I'm not going to go on about on and on and on and on and on and on and on about COVID. I promise I'm not. I'm just going to make a real quick plea to you guys, especially if you are immunocompromised, especially if you get sick pretty easily or you live with somebody who does and you have to go out a lot. I'm just going to make a real quick plea because this is information that is out there but not getting out there. And so just real quick, there are a lot of immu- uh, 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 virologists, immunologists, epidemiologists who are out there saying it may be a good idea for you to double mask up. There are debates going on in other countries on if it's even okay to put on, to get people on a, a, a public transport unless you're wearing an N95 mask. Those countries have a lot more in, uh, access to those uh, kind of uh, uh, masks, so that doesn't really do a lot of help for us here. Uh, there is a lot of debate, however, saying that you want to put them up. But why? What is it good? You're not a doctor. No, I know. I know I'm not. That's why I'm only quoting doctors, and I'm really quoting spe- uh, specifically immunologists here. Uh, and uh, if you need them, uh, just go ahead and let me know. I'll be happy to go ahead and give you some links on that one. No, this is not me saying it. This is me quoting them. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, uh, 
just the data coming in, it looks like some people out there are breathing more uh, viruses. And if you if you wear two masks, now we're talking about really protecting you at this point. Uh, the original the original pitch for masks is you're not wearing it for you, you're wearing it for other people. Uh, now I gotta say, I, I'm really asking you, you should definitely, uh, if you in any way think that I've been on the button on this one, or a little ahead of the curve, this is the only thing I, I, I'm gonna say, uh, especially tonight at least, uh, double mask up. I'm actually doing it. I've purchased higher grade masks, and uh, I've taken mask safety very seriously this whole last year, but I have significantly upped my game. Uh, in the last two weeks, I've gotten giggled at this one. I'm, uh, I've actually closed my eyes to not look at chat and what they're saying right now because I've gotten so much pushback when telling people I care about about this one. Um, but I promise you, there are health experts out there saying it. I was actually just listening to Dr. Fauci on Rachel Maddow's show uh, before I came on to see if he would talk about it. But she asked him a lot bigger questions in scope than if people should be wearing a second mask or not. So he answered those kinds of questions instead. Um, but I just, I care about you. I care about this ending. Uh, I care about people's jobs. I care about pretty much the whole shebang of it. And that's my quick plea that you should just consider it and put it in the back of your head. And then when an expert says it, you'd be like, oh, right, the guy at Jerk Off says it too. Right, right, right. The doctor on TV said it. And I also remember that guy at Jerk Off. He said it as well. Just a little, okay, that's, that's, that's good enough for me. Four out of five masturbatory audio creation artists say, wear two masks, good enough for me. All right. <clears throat> uh. <laughs> this is a weird transition, but here we go. <clears throat> Falling in love with you was like reading my favorite book for the first time. I didn't want to put you down. Sleep would evade me. Rereading chapters from the night before, starting up at the ceiling into the darkness, thoughts simmering on the way your skin felt pressed to mine. There's something about the free fall of love that's painfully addictive. Have you ever wished you could unlove someone, unread the pages of their skin, wipe their face from your memory, and meet again at another time? when your love stands a fighting chance. Leave it to me to romanticize amnesia. But I wish to unlove you, wipe these chapters from existence and forget it all. If I could, I would fall in love all over again. Fall for the way your eyes speak to mine in a different time, a different place, a place where we are both different people, and I could keep you. Confessions of Her, Cindy Cherie. <clears throat> oh my. Oh, the first line of the last love letter. This isn't it. We got one more. But the first line of the last love letter may be so curious. And that's not very frequent for me. Oh my. How exciting. Let's 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 get let's get through these love letters. <clears throat> no! Once again, no! I protest. 
I swear, others may feel nothing but contempt after possession, but I am not like them, and I glory in not being so. On the contrary, for my possession breeds affection. If I weren't afraid of shocking you yet again, I'd say, indeed, well, like, I'm like cigars. You can only light me when you pull. As for Madame Foucault, she is certainly the one I knew. Is your cousin sufficiently reliable to be entrusted with a letter? Can I be sure he'll deliver it? For I feel like writing to Miss Foucault. She's an old acquaintance. Don't be jealous of her. You shall read the letter if you like, on condition you don't tear it up. Your word will be enough. If I thought of you as a commonplace woman, I should not tell you this. I thought at first that I would find you in less feminine personality, a more universal conception of life. But no, the heart, the heart, the poor heart, that kind heart, that charming heart with its eternal graces is always there. Even in the noblest and greatest women, as a rule, men do everything they can to vex the heart, to make it bleed. They steep themselves with subtle sensuality, subtle sensuality, and in all those tears, and they themselves don't shed, in all those little agonies they see as proofs of their strength. If I had to taste for that sort of pleasure, it would be easy for me to enjoy it with you. But no, I should like to make of you something entirely apart, neither friend nor mistress. Each of those categories is too restricted, too exclusive. One doesn't sufficiently love a friend, and one is too idiotic with a mistress. It is the intermediate term I seek, the essence of those two sentiments combined. What I want, in short, is that, a new kind of hermaphrodite. Author's note. Keep that for a possible band name. You give me with your body all the joys of the flesh, with your mind and all of those of the soul. Will you understand that? I fear it isn't clear. It's strange how bad my writing is in these letters to you. I put no literary vanity into it. One thing conflicts with another. It's as though I want to say three words at a time. In writing this to you, I'm inaugurating my new armchair, in which I'm designed to spend a year if I can live. What will I write in it? God knows. Will it be good or bad? Tender or erotic? Sad or gay? A little of each, probably adding up to nothing. No matter. May this inauguration bless all my future work. Winter has come, the rain is falling, my fire is burning. Now comes the season of long hours shutting doors. Soon now the silent lamplit evenings watching the wood burn and listening to the wind. A dew, bright moonlit on the green grass, blue nights and all sprangle with the stars. A dew, my darling, I kiss you with all my souls. Uh, that was from that was to Louis Colette, and it's by Gustave Flaubert, and I don't know him. I don't know either of these names, so that was definitely a kind of love letter, though. <laughs> he loved her. He was talking about a form of love. He was talking about his armchair and how much he loves writing. In a way, I identify him. 
Okay, here we go. This is the best opening line to a love letter I've ever come across. Ever, 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 ever. Let's see if you agree. Ready? I am reduced to a thing that wants Virginia. Oof. I composed a beautiful letter to you in the sleepless nightmare hours of the night, and it has all gone. I just miss you. In a quiet, simple, desperate human way, you, with all your undumb letters, would never write so elementary phrase as that. Perhaps you wouldn't even feel it, and yet I believe you'll be sensible of a little gap, but you'll clothe it in so exquisite a phrase that it would lose a little of its reality. Whereas with me, well, it is quite stark. I miss you even more than I could have believed, and I was prepared to miss you a good deal. So this letter is just really a squeal of pain. It is incredible how essential to me you have become. I suppose you are accustomed to people saying these things. Damn you, spoiled creature. I shan't make you love me any more by giving myself away like this. But oh, my dear. I can't be clever and standoffish with you. I love you too much for that. Too truly. You have no idea how standoffish I can be with people I don't love. I have brought it to a fine art. But you have broken down my defenses. And I don't really resent it. Please forgive me for writing such a miserable letter. Selection of Letter from Vita Sickville West to Virginia Woolf <sighs> I'm reduced to a thing that wants Virginia. That's, oh, that's so fucking good. Been there. Been there. It hurts, too. Okay. I think we've got bad smut. <laughs> I mean, we're jumping into chapter two. Maybe it's great smut, but they only wanted to give us the best part of it. But we'll see. Here we go. <clears throat> the beginning was half a mile. Oh, the beginning half mile was a fairly worn dirt path about three to four feet wide most of the time. There were frequent areas. Just give me one second here, sorry. There were frequent areas where dead brush or small bushes had collected or grown in and made the trail quite narrow in some places. Walking along the trail through these areas fully clothed was an easy task for someone who was completely naked, with the exception of shoes and socks. Susan had to be very careful about stepping around these obstacles as they had a tendency to scratch long, bare, soft, skinny legs quite easily. We took water breaks every quarter mile. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Throw up the tip jar, Allie. Thank you. <laughs> we took water breaks every quarter mile. You got to stay hydrated. You got to stay hydrated, guys. You got to stay hydrated. Just a few swallows to keep hydrated. I wasn't worried about the water supply as there was this... 
Oh, as there was a small stream out near the destination point that flowed around from the underground source, which made it cold and pure, and the first mile was past us, I called for a halt. I had been behind Susan the entire time. Up to this point, I had taken several hundred pictures with my pocket camera of the area around—oh, of the area around us—and oh, and quite a few of her as she walked along the path. <laughs> a whole chapter of setting this up. She had firm, gorgeous, heart-shaped ass that I totally loved watching in motion. <sighs> okay, here we go. <clears throat> Drop your backpack. Stand in your slave position and keep your eyes closed, or I will put a blindfold on you with a collar and leash and lead you for the next mile. Yes, master. My eyes are sealed until you tell me that I can open them again. I just, I just, if I ever give a woman a command and she responds something like that, I have totally failed. If I'm like, bend the fuck over! And she's all like, yes, master, I am bending over and opening my legs so that you can see my orify. I'm going to be like, okay, clearly that did not work for you. <laughs> you don't have to be sarcastic, all right? It's a, it's, it's a learning game on my side, too. You don't have to be like that. <laughs> I put my pack on the side of the trail and rummaged around in several of the side pockets for a few items I wanted to use right now. I found the alligator nipple clamps connected by a thin silver chain, the adjustable tension clamps connected by a much thicker chain, a small size 6-inch butt plug, and... Okay, I'm sorry. Inches is double, right? Feet is one and inches is double. I just want to make sure that's not a six-foot butt plug. Six. Okay, six-inch butt plug and a medium-sized plug with a wire hanging out from the bottom. I also found a small bottle of lubricant oil. Okay, quick question. If six inches is a small butt plug, if six inches is a small butt plug, what do you think a medium butt plug comes as? As a man whose butt plug experience is mostly right around the one and a half inch margin or so, and I consider that to be a reasonable size butt plug, somebody who would never really put a two inch butt plug on a woman unless he even talked about it beforehand, and would consider that probably just way too much for some women at least, what do y'all think? If six is small, and it's got a wire to make it easier to pull it out, do you think a, a medium sized is eight? And then the vente is a 10. Just food for thought. <laughs> I stood in front of Susan, squeezing both of her long nipples between my thumbs and forefingers for several minutes. I would often squeeze really hard and pull the nipples out from her tits to make those firm globes stretch outwards until they both became cone-shaped. This would cause Susan to moan! With both pain and stimulation at the same time. <laughs> uh, when the nipples were fully erect and rocked hot, uh, I attached the elevator clamps to the lower end of each of them right against her brownish orlas. This leftmost 
the leftmost of her nipple, still available to be played with, sucked or bitten at any time, or anything else I wanted to do with them, for that matter. I reached into the other side pocket on the pack and pulled out a couple of two-ounce lead weights with clips on them and hung each of them on the chain just below... Ah! Fuck, sir! You didn't tell us you were pulling those out of the bag. Why do you have a whole scene where you're pulling shit out of a bag if you're just going to go and pull more shit out, Felix? <sighs> Since the clips were attached to the base of each nipple, the weights had the greatest effect on the altering shape of the breath. I don't want to read this too quickly. They didn't stand quite the proud po- Ah! Two ounces of lead- Ah! And then two ounces of- Oh, he keeps saying two ounces of weight! Of each nipple. He keeps specifying it's exactly two ounces. Oh, but sir, it's not... <sighs> okay. <laughs> Next paragraph. The beginning of the obvious cause and effect. Here is how the scenario really plays out. With the... Oh, two ounce weights hanging from the bouncing tits. Susan will adjust her... Normal walking pat. Oh, you're not even going to let her stand against the tree, you fucker. Water pattern to adjust the additional pain and discomfort she feels when she's walking so that her boobs don't bounce as much. Since I'm walking behind her, I can immediately detect that change. Without saying a word, I just observe. After walking in this more awkward style for a while, the pain and discomfort will soon be minimalized. And she becomes more used to that as it happens to her boobs. She will once again begin walking in a normal gait and style. Kate spelt like something that's attached to a wall. When I see her doing this, I will stop her and add another two ounces of weights. Diabolic, isn't it? He actually wrote the words diabolic, isn't it? It's its own sentence. Diabolic, comma, isn't it? Question mark. He doesn't even. He doesn't. He doesn't even let us make it a question in our own minds. He's telling us. Isn't it diabolical? <laughs> Can you believe I thought of this sick shit? I'm crazy. <laughs> oh, women don't like this? Oh, oh, for all of those who aren't here live, I'm looking at live chat going, oh, women don't like this? Oh, oh no. Both of the plugs I picked up are of the butt plug standard shape. A smooth and rounded point, fat in the middle with a skinny little shaft at the end with the chosen hole can fit comfortably and close tightly around with a square flat plastic end to keep it from going out all the way inside whichever the chosen holes it's being applied to. Bend over and put your hands on your knees with your legs spread open wide. Yes, master. She said with a big smile on her face as she looked back in the direction, getting in position. I looped up the smaller plug and my index finger. I inserted my finger slowly into her asshole and began the slow but steady in and out fucking motion. <sighs> she has a very sexually sensitive anus and that can turn her into a hot slut in a very short order. <laughs> Just real quick. I kind of want to read that like it's a like a like a character from an '80s movie. So just real quick, she has a very sexual, sensitive anus that can turn into a hot slut in a very short order. Okay, when I heard the first moan, 
Out comes the finger, and in goes the plug. I insert it slowly and watch as her pluck, as her puckered brown eye <laughs> allows the tip to penetrate her sphincter and, and then spread her open and further until the fattest part of the plug is just about to pop into a rectum. Okay, so I was wondering why he described it that way. It's because he just used anus, and he was about to use both rectum. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He just wanted to use a different word every time. There we go. Because because if you do it because if you do it in order, it's it's ass, brown eye, sphincter, rectum. Okay. He just yeah. He he's like, oh, I can't keep using these same words. I hold it there and begin to twist it back and forth until I hear her say, Please, sir. With that request, I stop teasing and push the plug all the way into her asshole until stopped by the square end piece. Her sphincter muscle has closed tightly around the small skinny part of the plug and held it so securely that there was absolutely no way the plug was going to come out of her asshole without a little help. The next toy insertion is the pussy plug. Now, I'm just going to be real honest with you girls. There might be a product called a pussy plug, but I've never used one. I don't know what a pussy plug is. <laughs> he described both plugs the same way, and I was like, yeah, they're both butt plugs. But now that now that he's described one as a pussy plug, I've never had a pussy plug, and I also don't know of any sex toy that has a wire hanging down the end of it, because that's the only other description that he's given us. So, here, here, here we fucking, here we fucking go. <clears throat> it's shaped just like the butt plug, with the exception of being wider and longer. It was very much wider, but only an inch longer. It also is battery-powered, and the wire hanging out the end is an antenna for the remote control switch I will be using to turn the vibrator on and off without any warning and at any time of my choosing. That's like a 70s game show. That's like a 70s game show host describing like a game, like the way that he over-explains the mechanics of what's going on. And I'll be using this wire at any time of my choosing. Are you ready? I certainly don't need to lube her vagina, as it has already been very busy lubing itself. And most of the tops of her inner thighs, too. The plug goes in quite easily. I fucking tease her with it. Then... I return to the standard slave position. I test the remote control and see that she jumps immediately in response to the unexpected buzzing vibrations coming from way inside her pussy. The final attachment... Are there really pussy plugs? Oh, shit. <laughs> Not really. Not really, but yes. Okay, does Bad Dragon make a pussy plug? That's all I need to know. They make everything. Get on that. Let's find out if Bad Dragon makes a pussy. Because if they don't, then it doesn't count. <laughs> Thank you.
Bad Dragon's my standard for if something counts as a fucking niche or not. Because if you're willing, because if they make it, then enough women are willing to fuck themselves with it that I'm going to count it as a sub niche. That's all there is. That's my rule. My rule of thumb is like the IMDb. It's the Brad Bad Dragon rule. No, I know that he means vibrator, but I'm making fun of him. I'm making fun of him because I've never used a pussy plug, and I've also never stuck a plug at a woman's uh, pussy before that looked like a butt plug, which is how he keeps describing it. He keeps describing that motherfucker as square-based. The the fucking dildo. A square-based dildo. That could not possibly feel great. There's just no way. Imagine that fucking cube coming up against you every time. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling like as the man, like, trying to fuck you with the toy. Because I love fucking a woman with a toy. It's great. I love fucking a woman with her favorite toy. Or her second favorite toy, because she wants to keep her favorite toy for her. I love fucking a woman with her se- second favorite toy. Imagine fucking her in, like, that square and be like, Get that square inside, you bitch! Come on, take it! Take it! Take the square. The square's the best part. Nature made you love squares in your vagina. <laughs> That's why we're designed the way that we are. <laughs> oh, this is... Bad Dragon does not have pussy plugs. Ergo, pussy plugs are not really a thing. They do exist, but they're not real. They're just, They're just some gal like... Drying out eggplants on Etsy and calling them pussy blocks or some shit. Okay. <clears throat> the final attachment was going to be the labia clamps and a heavy chain. But I changed my mind about that toy. <laughs> I returned them to the backpack and instead pulled out a red plastic clothespin. About half the size of the normal wood variety. <laughs> you have no idea where I'm going with this since it's tinier than a normal one. <laughs> it had no real weight to it. But it did have a potent spring in it. And a very good bite. That would not lose its grip. On accident. I lowered myself directly in front of Susan and fingered her clit. Very gently. And I'm, fi- I'm glad he knows those words. Quite frankly, because he has not exhibited very gently at any point in this. So it's good to know that he at least knows it, and maybe he can choose that going forward. Maybe he was very gentle in part one. We don't know. Until I could see the head begin to show itself from under its protective hood. <sighs> I actually do remember when I thought that. I do remember when I thought, like, a sci-fi movie, you would pet the pussy a little bit, and then you hear, like... <gasps> And like the, and then like the clit would appear, you know, like Darth Vader at the beginning of Empire Strikes Back when they when they pull that one little, and then that little bald head would appear. That's what I thought was gonna happen. Now maybe that's what you need to do, but I'm just gonna be real with you, women who have very noticeable clits. By the time I've gotten involved with your pussy, I can just see it. Like, by the time we're opening, I don't need to search for it. It's there. There's already enough blood. Now, maybe that's a brag and I don't mean for it to be, but I don't know why men get lost looking for that one. It's not in a different place. If you found the pussy, I grant you the first time it can be a little confusing. Granted, the first time. Sure, sure, sure. But after that, come on. There's a dry... It's like a river delta, for Christ's sakes. 
There's an arrow, basically. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, I should have stopped here. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Sorry, no more stopping. No more stopping. No more stopping. Here we go. All brakes are out. Here we go. Buckle up. Get hyped. I pushed the open plastic clothespin and lowered it over the hood and let it close so it didn't actually include the head of her clit, but it did close its grip onto the soft, sensitive flesh directly above and against her clit. I had discovered what happened when I do this to Susan by accident several years ago. When she is aroused, which at this time she is naked anywhere, her clit will always push at its peak at what is happening at the moment. But with the small plastic clip, there is absolutely no pain or discomfort other than the slight pinching sensation that goes away very quickly. When her clit starts to stick its head up her look-see, it pushes into the flesh of her clipped hood and rubs against it. The more it rubs, the more it stimulates it becomes. The more it tries to push its way out into the open through the smaller space. This causes Susan to experience tremendous clitoral stimulation, even if she's frozen in place and not moving a muscle. With her clit finally becoming erect enough for the additional stimulation, it forces itself through the smaller available space, causing the head to swell up even more than normal. And it almost looks like a miniature mushroom growing on the outside of a pussy lip. It is so sensitive at this point that moving air can be driving her crazy with less lust. Just a little bit of a tiny touch of a tip of my finger can actually cause her to orgasm almost instantly. We experienced this at one time when she actually orgasmed every time I barely touched her clitted with the tip of my index finger, which I did seven times over a period of about ten minutes. I wanted to see how much time we could have at the end of an orgasm, but then she begged me not to do it anymore and please set the number as the goal to beat for the next time. We have reached nine orgasms and the record since that day, but will be surpassed once again in not too distant future. But that is another story entirely. <laughs> Don't you love it when a man tips taps on your mini mushroom, ladies? And he's just sitting there counting. He's just sitting there waiting and he just goes, boop. And then you come, and then he waits, and he's all like, that was two. Boop! <laughs> Three. <laughs> oh, mini mushroom. I gave Susan a really sloppy kiss, patted her on the ass, and directed her to continue onwards towards our camping destination. After 20 minutes had passed, I added another two-ounce weights to each nipple clamp. When we were only half a mile from our destination, I added one of those red lightweight plastic mini clothespins to each tip of her long nipples. This made her jump and moan in pain, at first. And I was considering removing them when she, started, <laughs> when she stated that she could handle the extra torment since it wasn't much further to go. <laughs> I left them on but watch her closely. She does have a tendency to push herself too far on occasion, and I have to be very careful. She is a stubborn woman with the courage to, of a dedicated cop and doesn't like to admit defeat over anything whatsoever. Her view about being told submissive slave is not about going up about any part of her, but gaining a new part of my life that is completely craves, needs, and enjoys to the maximum. 
<laughs> she is almost fantastical about expanding her limits. For example, her goal for the number of orgasms she can experience from just a touch of my fingertips of her swollen clit head is 15. I have absolutely no doubt that she will achieve that goal on a day where all of her sexual and sensual levels of arousal will come together at just that one perfect moment that will allow her to come that many times in a row. <laughs> he wants to touch her and have her come 15 times in a row, like a Sibian. <laughs> We reached the area where we are going to camp for the next two weeks. It was totally isolated and one of the highest points in Harriman Park. We could see almost the entire park area from here. The sun was out and not a cloud in the sky and it was in the 80s. And the weathermen had predicted that the... I thought this was happening at night. And the weathermen predicted that the temperature would remain 65 throughout the night. If it did get down to 65, I had plenty of ways to keep her warm. So that was not a problem. I'm going off and to scout around the area. Oh. All right, guys. I think that's a pretty good point to go ahead. Now they're going to they're gonna talk a bunch of shit. I don't want to hear the dialogue between these two. I think we got a pretty good, uh, I think we got a pretty good survey of that story before they actually got to the camp. And uh, it'll just have to be a mystery what happens once they get there uh, and all the other sexual expertise that he can tell us about. Oh, man. That was a pretty fun one for me. You guys have fun? Thank you so much for being here. Uh, I appreciate you all uh, coming on out, saying hello. You being here, here's what makes the show happen, you being a fan. I thank you for it. really do. I'm going to try very hard, just like the poem said, 2021, make you my cause. That's not too much. You don't find it too much. Uh, I, I had a lot of fun tonight. I'll see you next Friday. I hope to see you then. Uh, lots of stuff in store for 2021, and I promise I'm not going to overdo it. Hope that you're taking care of yourself. You are important to me, so do it. Even if you don't want to do it for yourself, do it for me. Do it for the other ladies who want you to do it for yourself as well. Thank you very much. I appreciate you, and I hope to see you soon.